You are now listening to Mark's Unexplained World by Mark the Medium from Hinkley Community Radio, a non-profit podcast radio station. Tonight's episode is about the disappearance of Antoinette Cayadito. Over to you, Mark. Antoinette Christine Caedito is a Native American girl who was born on the 25th of December 1976. Now, that is either a fabulous Christmas present or a pain in the proverbial when buying Christmas presents and cards. Mine is in January. My life mad. Anyway, she disappeared from her home in Gallup, New Mexico on the 6th of April 1986 so was just nine and a half years old. And although law enforcement officials believed her to be deceased, she is still officially listed as a missing person and her case remains open. One year after Antoinette Caudito disappeared, the Gallup Police Department received a frantic phone call. The caller was a young girl who claimed to be Antoinette Caudito stating that she was in Albuquerque, which is also in New Mexico. Before the call could be traced, an angry adult voice was heard shouting in the background, which was then followed by the girls screaming and the sounds of a scuffle, after which the phone call was cut off. Antoinette Caudito's mother, Penny Caudito, believed that the young girl's voice belonged to her daughter, but she did not recognise the angry adult's voice. Greetings, unexplainers. Thank you once again for tuning in and giving up your unbelievably valuable time by listening to this episode of Mark's Unexplained World. My name is Mark Hughes. I'm a psychic medium, a true crime buff, and a man who will eat sugar puff sandwiches with lashings of warm ketchup. (laughs) Just kidding. The ketchup comes directly from the fridge. In this episode, I'm going to tell you about the unexplained story surrounding the disappearance of Antoinette Caudito. And this week's necessary disclaimer. This is a story that sadly involves a possible kidnap with a missing person, particularly a minor, so may prove very upsetting to some. And as usual, like all my podcasts, you listen at your own discretion. Also, all the opinions and comments are strictly my own, but the facts of the case still remain. I also apologise if I pronounce anything incorrectly. My English, although it is my first and only language, doesn't necessarily mean it is my first and only language. It just likes to pretend that it is my first and only language. So anyway, back to the story. Antoinette Caudito was described as being a level-headed young lady who was very wise beyond her years. 
it's also been stated that she was friendly, caring, dependable and a dedicated family girl. At the tender age of just six, she played a vital role in caring for her younger sisters, Wendy and Sadie, by cooking for them and ironing their clothes for the week. Antoinette Caedito was also known by her peers for her displayed concern for the well-being of others, particularly if they were downcast or otherwise in need. She was described by her youngest sister, Wendy, as having a caregiver's heart. Other little traits that Antoinette Caedito had were that her favourite colour was purple, she enjoyed listening to the music of Michael Jackson and Ronnie Millsap, and she had been given the nickname Squirrel. Antoinette Caedito was a fourth grade student at the Lincoln Elementary School, where she was an attentive above average student who displayed a gift for sports and physical education winning the Presidential Fitness Award in her fourth year. Outside of school, she also displayed a strong interest in her weekly Bible classes and was very devoted to her religious faith. Antoinette Caedito was living with her mum and sisters at 204 Arnold Circle in Gallup, New Mexico at the time of her disappearance. Antoinette Caedito vanished from her home in the early hours of the morning on the 6th of April 1986. She was just nine years and three months old when she disappeared. The previous evening, the 5th of April, her mother Penny Caedito had been out with friends at a local bar and Antoinette Caedito, along with her younger sisters Wendy and Sadie, were at home being cared for by the babysitter. After a reasonably good night out with some friends, Penny Caedito finally arrived home at around midnight and sent the babysitter home. The following morning, on the 6th of April, Penny Caedito awoke ready to prepare her daughters, Antoinette, Wendy and Sadie, for Bible school when she realised her eldest daughter, Antoinette, was not in her bedroom. So, after a very frantic search around their apartment, Penny Caedito then started making inquiries with the neighbours to see if they could shed some light as to her daughter's disappearance, but all to no avail. So, Penny Caedito phoned the police. For some strange reason, and I can't seem to find out why, the Gallup police did not conduct any official search of the Caedito home until at least four days after the disappearance of Antoinette Caedito had been reported. The mother, Penny Caedito, informed detectives that a man going by the name of Emmanuel, or nicknamed Emo, 
had given a flower to her daughter, Antoinette Caudito, three times in the days leading up to her disappearance. Oddly enough, though, Antoinette's mother, Penny, only mentioning this occurrence much later after a family member brought it up during the eventual police search. During some of the investigation, the police interviewed a man called Roger. Sorry, I can't confirm his last name. He told detectives that at around 3.30am, he knocked on the door and a bedroom window of the Cayadito home. He claimed that he was just checking in on Penny Cardito after they had got into an argument at the bar earlier. Roger also claimed that he left the Cayadito home and spent the night at a friend's place further down the street. This friend did later corroborate and confirm Roger's story. After this first short break, in part two, we will look at the police's further investigation and some of the aftermath into the disappearance of Antoinette Cardito. This show is brought to you courtesy of Neil Packer and the Haunted Antiques Paranormal Research Centre. Find them online at www.hauntedresearchcentre.com or at 9211 Regent Street, Hinkley, LE101AW. Open on Saturdays from 10am to 4pm for guided tours of the haunted rooms at just £3 per person. Booking is essential at all times and over 16s only please unless accompanied by an adult. The haunted rooms are extremely haunted and paranormal activity could and has taken place at any time. Some areas and particular objects or items can be quite scary and unnerving. Membership is available for £25 to qualify for selective offers. And why not download the app available on both iOS and Android for only three ninety nine to keep up to date with what is coming up at the centre. A year after Antoinette Cayadito had disappeared, the Gallup Police Department received a frantic phone call. The call was from a young girl who claimed to be missing, sorry, who claimed to be the missing Antoinette, saying that she was in another part of New Mexico in a town called Albuquerque. Is that right? Yeah. Albuquerque. However, before the call could be traced, an angry adult voice was heard shouting, and I quote, Who said you could use the phone? Followed by the girl's screams and the sounds of a scuffle, 
which, after which the phone call was cut off. Antoinette Antoinette Caodito's mother, Penny Caodito, believed the voice to be that of of her daughter. However, she did not recognise the voice of the adult. Another five years passed passed by after the disappearance of Antoinette Caodito and her sister, Wendy Caodito, who is now the age of ten, gave her account of her sister's disappearance for the first time. Wendy Cardito told detectives at the Gallup Police Department that after this aforementioned Roger's knock at the door at 3.30am, there was a second knock on the door, which Antoinette Cardito, who was still awake, answered. Her sister then continued to report that when Antoinette asked who it was, the knocker identified himself as Uncle Joe. And when she opened the door, she was grabbed by two men. Unfortunately, Wendy Cardito didn't recognise these two men as she didn't get a look at their faces. The two men then forced Antoinette, who by this time was kicking and screaming, into a brown van. Her sister then stated that she had not said anything either before or at the time of Antoinette Cardito's kidnapping for two reasons. One was owing to the fear of upsetting her mother and the other was the fear of not being believed. One thing I should point out is that Wendy and Antoinette Cardito's sister Sadie is on record as stating that she wasn't sure that a second knock ever happened. Also, another very curious thing was that Antoinette Cardito's mother, Penny Cardito, failed to mention any second knock at the door until 1994, nearly 18 years later, when she was interviewed by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or FBI. At that time, her mother said, and I quote, I told Antoinette to go ahead and answer it. She also told the federal agents, and I quote, I laid there for a period of time, maybe 30 minutes, and Antoinette never came back. I got up to see where she was, but I couldn't find her. Penny Cardito claimed that the knock happened between 3.30am and 4.30am and that it was just getting the light outside when she got up about 30 minutes later. As you have probably gathered by now, this account of what happened around the time of the disappearance of Antoinette Cardito differs significantly from what her mother's initial statement was of waking up at 7am and finding that her daughter was missing. Later, in 1994, the case took an even more real strange turn when Penny Cardito actually confessed to the FBI that she had been involved in Antoinette Cardito's abduction all along, asking, and I quote, What if me and Emo did this? Would we both go to prison? Penny Cardito also stated that she and Emo also known as Emmanuel, got together on a plan prior to her daughter's disappearance. 
Penny Cardito told the FBI that when she asked Emo when and where the abduction of Antoinette was going to take place, she was told by Emo that it would be better if she did not know any details. Her mother, Penny, also admitted to knowing who was coming to take her daughter, as well as having told Antoinette to open the door. However, despite Penny Cayadito's confession and the FBI's strong belief that she, belief, sorry, that she was involved in Antoinette Cayadito's abduction, she was never charged with her daughter's disappearance or, or being connected to it. Penny Cardito died on the 18th of April 1999, passing away from a combination of liver psoriasis and other cardiac issues. She was aged just 46. Antonak Cardito's father, Anthony Montoya, died on the 17th of August 2012. Wendy Montoya, sorry, I'll try that again. Wendy Montoya, Antoinette Cardito's youngest sister, spoke of the struggle. Sorry, spoke of the struggles that she and her family went through in an interview with the Albuquerque Journal in 2016. She said, and I quote, "It just broke my whole family up. It was a very dark and dysfunctional time." Wendy Montoya also revealed that she and her mother, Penny Cardito could barely talk about Antoinette without crying or getting intoxicated with alcohol and drugs. She continued, and I quote, That was how we coped with the pain, to numb it. Not to forget it, but to put it on the shelf, you know. Unfortunately, the trauma of losing her eldest sister led Wendy Montoya into a life of drug addiction, alcoholism, gang affiliation and to add some salt into the already open wound, she would eventually require a criminal record, which has stayed with her throughout her adolescent life and into her young adulthood. Wendy's lifestyle inevitably caused her to lose the overall custody of her own children. However, in around 2007, Wendy Montoya did eventually manage to turn her life around. She said, and I quote, I went into rehab. I struggled to get my kids back, struggled to get away from the old person I was, to break the cycle I was raised up in, and to get far away from here. And I did it. She also said that if she could not find her sister, she could at least find herself. From what I can tell, as of 2016, Antoinette Cayadito's youngest sister, Wendy Montoya, is reported to reside in Bakersfield, California. Wendy admits that although her memories of her eldest sister are vague, the loss still haunts her and she misses her every day. For, for Wendy Montoya, her eldest sister, Antoinette Cayadito is indelibly frozen in time, and I quote, At age nine, she was a little girl with a jumble of teeth, soft brown eyes and a caregiver's heart. Wendy Montoya still maintains hope 
that her sister is out there somewhere and there is still time to discover the truth of what became of her. She continues to say, and I quote, I'm not going to accept that she is dead. I need proof. In the June of 2022, Antoinette Caedito's other sister, Sadie Acavado, was interviewed by KOAT TV. She stated, and I quote, It's hard not knowing the point of no closure. What happened? Where did she go? In the interview, Sadie Acavido also publicly conveyed a message to her missing sister, Antoinette, and I quote, She's safe. She has a family that loves her. She has sisters. We haven't given up. We all wonder and often think about Antoinette and what she's doing. Does she have kids? What kind of a life is she living? And for the record, Sadie Acavido has stated that she also believes that her mother, Penny Caedito, was involved in Antoinette's disappearance. After this second short break, in our last part, we will look at some of the possible sightings and theories regarding Antoinette Caedito's disappearance. Fright Nights was established in 1999 as the first company in the world to offer overnight ghost hunt experiences to the general public, pioneering paranormal events since the last century. Fright Nights operate at hundreds of the UK's most haunted and exclusive venues. All events have their own team of experienced paranormal investigators, mediums and psychics. They have a VIP members club for regular returning guests, offering loyalty discounts and exclusive invitation-only events. They can also host private events for your family and friends. You can contact them on 07 852 998 628 or email them at office at frightnights.co.uk or take a look at their website at www frightnights.co.uk where you can see the many locations they investigate and learn about them and the opportunities they have available. Hundreds of ghost hunters join Fright Nights every month for the most thrilling ghost hunting experiences they'll never forget. If you haven't been on a ghost hunt before then why not join them to see what it's all about? Why not visit their social media sites for up-to-date information on all the places they visit and to see what's coming up in the future. They look forward to seeing you all soon. Fright Nights Ghost Hunting Events. Remember, only the original will do. On the 8th of April 1986, a witness reported that he believed he had seen Antoinette Caedito in San Antonio, Texas. 
The witness recalled seeing a Spanish-looking girl in a long pink dress, along with a blonde-haired woman on one of the roads. However, it is unknown whether this girl was in fact Antoinette Caedito. And on the 19th of April 1986, a woman claimed to have seen a brown truck at a Thriftway gas station. She believed that as the truck passed her, she could hear a little voice screaming, help me, help me. The witness believed the voice could have been that of the missing child. On the 30th of June, 1986, another witness claimed that he had seen the young Antoinette Cardito at a bus depot in El Paso, Texas. He claimed that the missing girl was wearing a pink dress with white shoes, remarkably similar to the earlier eyewitness account in San Antonio, Texas. And he also noticed that she had a noticeable mark on her cheek, similar to one that Antoinette also had. In 1991, just four years earlier, a waitress working at a restaurant in Carson City, Nevada, encountered a teenage girl matching Antoinette Cayadito's description, claiming that she was in the company of an unkempt-looking couple. Also, according to the waitress, the teenage girl continuously knocked her utensils to the floor, as if in an attempt to get her attention and that the girl grabbed the waitress's hand and squeezed it firmly each time she picked up the utensils and handed them back to her. After the unkempt couple and the teenage girl left the restaurant, the waitress, whilst cleaning the table, found a napkin under, a, under the plate of the girl... Sorry, <laughs> I'll try that one again. Found a napkin under the plate the girl had been eating from. It contained two brief messages written on it. Help me and call police. As the investigation into Antoinette Cardito's disappearance continued over the years, the police interviewed an uncle who was married to Penny Cardito's sister. However, they declined to name him as a suspect. Eventually, over time, investigators believed Antoinette Cardito may be deceased and that it was her mother, Penny Cardito, who allowed her to be taken by the aforementioned Emmanuel, nicknamed as Emo. Theories around Antoinette Cardito's disappearance ranged from her being either a victim of homicide or human trafficking. In 2016, the police stated that they believed Penny Cardito may have had much more information than she had actually given them concerning her daughter's disappearance, mainly due to her failing a lie detector test. And on an interesting side note, the lie detector test is the assessment of a verbal statement with the goal to reveal a possible intentional deceit. There are a wide variety of technologies available for this purpose, but the most common and long used measure is the polygraph. A comprehensive 2003 review by the National Academy of Sciences of Existing Research concluded 
than was, and I quote, little bias for the expectation that a polygraph test could have an extremely high accuracy. There is also no evidence to substantiate that non-verbal lie detection, such as looking at body language, is an effective way to detect lies, even if it is, even if it is widely used by any law enforcement. The polygraph is more commonly used by law enforcement in the United States, but rarely in any other country, because it is based on pseudoscience. Another odd thing was that three years after Antoinette Cardito's disappearance, her 25-year-old disabled step-aunt, Luisa Estrada, who was a sister to Larry Estrada, disappeared on the 5th of September 1989 from the same town, Gallup, New Mexico. However, unlike Antoinette Cardito, Luisa Estrada was found alive in Ciudad Zurez, Mexico, just a month later and returned home. Sorry if I've mispronounced that. Over the years, there have been questions over potential connections between the two cases, but nothing has ever been confirmed. Both the detectives at the Gallup Police Department and the Federal Bureau of Investigation have followed countless leads into this young girl's disappearance, with all of them ending up at a dead end. And so far as late 2023, or the writing of this show, Antoinette Cardito's whereabouts still remain a mystery. Thank you all for taking the time out to listen to this episode of Mark's Unexplained World. In our next episode, show 68, we are going to be looking at the Solchi Post Poltergeist. The Solchi Post Poltergeist is undoubtedly one of the biggest poltergeist cases of its kind in Scotland. Not only were the poltergeist events witnessed in the family household, but they also followed the unfortunate little girl to her local school, where the poltergeist was equally disruptive in full view of her classmates and teacher. The credibility of the witnesses to these bizarre events consisted of two local doctors, a local minister and a number of other Church of Scotland ministers, each of whom were stunned to view the astonishing events in the victim's household. This show was written and researched by myself, Mark Hughes, and proofread and edited by Linda Hughes. The actors in this episode were Mark Hughes, Linda Hughes and Denise Pula. With special thanks to Neil Packer and the staff at the Haunted Antiques Paranormal Research Centre in Hinkley. And a big thanks to everyone for listening. Mark's Unexplained World, because there's more to the paranormal than meets the third eye. And remember guys, keep it real because being real is better than being perfect. This show and all its contents are covered by basic copyright of Mark the Medium. <laughs>